Welcome to 3Talk, coaching conversations for modern day living. With backgrounds in business, marketing and teaching, Susie, Lucia and Fleur bring you tips and tools to help you live the life you want to live. 3Talk, transforming lives for the better. Welcome back to 3Talk. Today's we are going to discuss ways to boost your courage. In general, we experience two types of fear. The fear that indicates we're in physical danger, for example, when we're standing in the middle of a busy road, and the fear that indicates our ego is in danger, for example, fear of public speaking. So in modern society, there are very few situations in which we are in physical danger. So most of the fear we feel has much to do with threats to our ego and self-concept than threats that could cause us physical harm. However, these two types of fear feel very similar and provoke the same primal fight or flight response in our body. Boosting our courage isn't about eradicating our fear. It's such a primal instinctive response that this isn't a realistic goal. Instead, it's about learning how to respond to our fear in a healthy way. My fear, I think, when I was thinking about this episode today is not feeling alive and and passionate in what I'm doing. Hence, as I said before, when I was working at the university, I was not feeling fulfilled. I wasn't feeling stretched. I didn't feel that I was kind of in the right place, but being too scared to take the leap to a new career and starting at the bottom again. But as you all know, that's exactly what I did. What about you, Lucia? Oh, God, I think... Fear and and courage have shown themselves in so many stages in my life. And it's really hard to, as you would say, to distinguish whether that is, you know, a real threat or something that is just coming from within you. Because you never know, right? I think in my case, one of the, the times where I faced that fear in the face and my response was have courage was when I... I think I've said it before in one of the episodes here in the podcast was when, you know, I had a very successful marketing career in Spain. I held a very, you know, high position, uh, a job that was really well seen by everybody, but I wasn't happy with it. Wasn't making me happier. In fact, I was quite miserable. So for me, that's when I packed up all the courage I could and said, "This is it. I'm leaving," and I quit. I don't know whether, you know, looking back, I think that was being courageous. Uh, Back in the day, I thought I was just being stupid, (laughs) but it felt like something I had to do. And I think to these days, it is one of the most courageous and best things I've ever done for myself. Yeah, so I think actually courage when you're making a big change is when that fear really kicks in, I think, because then it's when you're kind of taking that big risk where it feels like a big risk. But it's not always as big as we we make it out to be. We kind of always blow it up to be bigger than it actually is. Because at the end of the day, you could have gone back to Spain, couldn't you? And I'm sure they would have loved to have you back in your career. But we kind of think it's the end, the end of the end. So today we're going to give you um, eight effective ways you can start boosting your courage. So the first one is remind yourself that fear isn't always helpful. Fear is helpful in situations where we have control. 
and can take steps to minimize the risk of our disaster scenario coming true. For example, if we're standing in the middle of that busy road I mentioned before, fear is a good indicator to start moving. Equally, if we're facing an up and coming public speaking arrangement, our fear might indicate that we need a little tool more practice. In some situations, however, fear can do more harm than good. If we respond to every fear-inducing situation, like we're in great danger, we're going to end up missing out on valuable opportunities to live fully and enjoy growth and new experiences. A a helpful, sorry, helpful, courage-boosting question to ask yourself when deciding how to respond to a situation is, am I avoiding pain or seeking growth? That is a very powerful question. And I would flag that also um, one of the symptoms or one of the things that you experience when you're in fear is actually quite similar to what you experience when you are very excited. And I heard this from Simon Sinek in one of his talks, and I thought it was a very, very valuable lesson. So, for example, if you were about to do a talk or public speaking and fear kicks in, change your language to instead of saying, oh, I'm feeling nervous, change it to say, I'm, fi- I'm so excited. I'm feeling so excited. Because that's one way to redirect your brain to start thinking that the signals that your body is sending are not of fear, but of excitement. And it puts you in a very complete different mindset. So instead of tackling that stage with thinking, oh God, what is going to go wrong? You're kind of stepping into the arena thinking this is going to be great. Yeah, I love that, stepping into the arena. That's a Brenny Brown quote, isn't it? Step into the arena. We, none of us want to feel that we're living our life completely safely and we can't come out of our comfort zone. So that leads us to point number two, expand your comfort zone gradually. So boosting your courage isn't something that happens overnight. It's a day-by-day process, and you're more likely to experience success in this area if you focus on expanding your comfort zone one step at a time. It can even be baby steps. It doesn't have to be huge leaps. For example, if you notice that you feel fear around talking to new people, start small by asking someone for directions or striking up a short conversation with people you encounter in today's in day-to-day life, but are unlikely to see again, you know, shop assistants, checkout staff, people waiting in line, and so on. Once you feel more comfortable doing that, start working your way up to longer conversations with people who are likely to see more frequently such as work colleagues, friends, then people you're likely to see on a regular basis and so on. So you can do it in steps. It doesn't have to be one huge leap. That's one of the keys because, um, you know, ultimately what this does is making things less daunting. And again, retraining your brain to start making peace or being comfortable with that stepping out of your comfort zone because the more you do it the more you start recognizing those symptoms as oh this is something I've tried before that's fine and you become more natural and more used to doing those things without panicking really yeah and that word panic panic is not helpful that leads us nicely to point three remember to breathe breathing changes your biological state our physical state has huge impact on our emotional state try slouching over and drooping your mouth into a frown for 10 seconds then sitting up straight with a dazzling smile for another 10 did you notice a difference in how you felt 
If we want to boost our courage in a particular situation, one of the most effective ways of doing this is to slow down our breathing. When we're feeling fearful, our breathing unconsciously becomes faster and shallower. Take a few deep breaths, sends signals to our minds that everything is okay and helps us to relax. And I'm sure many of you have um, realized this before. One thing I like doing personally when I feel that happening is actually jump. So I take like three jumps because this helps me break in that panicky moment coming through. And then when I finish that third jump, I breathe as deeply as I can for as long as I can. And I count to 10 and do that. And by introducing that very sudden break of like, oh, sh- oh excuse my language, um, panic coming over, I stop, I jump, and I'm kind of like cutting it through the middle because it's something not expected. And then I'm able to breathe because sometimes you can feel that it's hard from coming from this panic moment and anxiety moment to having this relaxed breathing. So sometimes introducing something disruptive and abrupt can help you make the transition to that stage in which you can breathe and peace out. Yeah, and we do this in yoga a lot. We move between the different nervous systems. So you can relax very quickly if you do get to grips with breathing properly, taking deep breaths, holding it in and breathing out. You can do it through your nose or your mouth. It doesn't have to be in any certain way. It just is taking those deep breaths, holding it and letting it out slowly. I always say to my children when they're getting panicky, smell the flower and blow out the bubbles. And then it becomes a lot more of a slower breath. So the next step is to take a step back and get objective. Usually the fear we feel isn't so much about the worst case scenario we're thinking of. It's about how we could feel if that scenario comes to pass. Usually the public speaking, for example, let's imagine the worst case scenario is that you forgot what you wanted to say. Even if the audience has ended up booing you off stage, all that would happen on a factual level afterwards is that you go home and learn from the experience for next time. How you feel, on the other hand, might include embarrassed, ashamed, hopeless, and a host of other uncomfortable feelings. The next time you're faced with a public speaking opportunity, it will be the feelings you remember and fear more than what actually happened. To boost your courage, Try to stay objective and focus on the facts of the matter. You know, it's very, very high unlikely that people are going to start booing you. I mean, we don't live in a day and age where we go to places where people are that unkind. So pay attention to what actually happened rather than the meaning you're attaching to it. So don't let your imagination run wild, in other words. Yeah, I think your imagination can play um, games with you in this sense. And I read somebody who was sharing this experience on LinkedIn, actually, recently. And I thought it was a brilliant example. This was somebody that had taken on a new job as a team leader. And it was the first day. So, you know, she was rehearsing in the elevator, her pitch to the team, how to present herself, how to make a good impression. And suddenly the elevator doors opened, she stepped off it and she fell to the floor dramatically. So first thing she did was to step up, laugh immensely, look at the team and say, right, now that we've got off to a good start, how about we introduce ourselves? 
and that set the tone and the, and the scene for everybody else because all of a sudden it broke the ice. It went as wrong as you would have expected, if not worse, because obviously that's not what you want. But she took it the other way around. And actually, it was a great icebreaker for the team who saw her as a relatable uh, leader that they could come to because they felt that, you know, she would understand and she would relate to their problems. So actually, what could have been the worst case scenario became the best case scenario because it made her human all of a sudden. This leads me very nicely to number five. Think of how you'd view a friend in the same situation. One of the biggest challenges to our courage is the fact that we tend to be harsher with ourselves than we are with other people. The next time you're faced with an opportunity to expand your comfort zone, ask yourself how you perceive your best friend in the same situation. Would you focus on the potential problems or would you admire them for taking the risk? Thinking about how we view other people in the same situation can help reset any stories we're telling ourselves and give us more self-trust and courage. Yeah, I think this relates to what we've saying, we've been saying throughout, which is being kind to yourself and look at yourself through somebody else's glasses. Because truth is, as you were saying, if a friend of yours was to make that leap and take that courage farther, you would be the one encouraging her to do it or him to do it and supporting them throughout regardless because you would appreciate the effort that person is making. But when that comes to look at ourselves, all of a sudden we start focusing on all those negatives and what could go bad or how can it badly affect us. So be kind on yourself and understand what you're going through and see yourself for what an accomplishment you're trying to make. Yeah, and things like labels you give yourself as well. Give yourself, I'm a learner. I'm learning how to do this instead of that expectation that you're going to be able to do it well straight away. There's much less pressure on yourself. So it leads me to number six. Ask, who do I need to become instead of what do I need to do? When it comes to stretching our comfort zone and committing acts of courage, we often focus on what we need to do. The real shift that needs to take place, however, revolves around who we need to become. For example, if you decided you want to get active and train for a triathlon by the end of the year, information that will tell you what to do to get there is readily available. What will decide whether or not you have the courage to actually go out and do it, however, is thinking about who you need to become in order to be someone who does that. For example, what qualities would a courageous future version of yourself have? How would they start each day? What new habits would they develop? What old habits would they change? Yeah, in here, I think I would say, and I'm not a personal fan of this phrase, but bear with me on this, is about faking it till you make it, right? Put yourself, and I say it in the sense of putting yourself in that person that you want to become already. Start feeling how that feels. Start learning or breathing what it would be to get to get what you want to be, what it would be to show that courage and achieve what you're setting yourself up to achieve. So put yourself in those shoes already. Start living there and being there as opposed to being afraid or thinking too much about these steps that are needed to take to get there. So yeah, fake it till you make it. So leave it until you get there. Yeah, I like fake it until you trust the process. Have faith have faith in the process. Because if you do, you know, 
fake it if you like and trust the process it will eventually because you'll learn you'll learn all the things you need to learn to have that and that makes you courageous when you learn so number seven take action when we're feeling low on courage it's tempting to sit and think about how we're going to find the motivation we're looking for to read articles listen to podcasts talk about anything but actually do the thing that we're afraid of doing If you're waiting to feel more courageous before taking action, let's face it, we're all going to be waiting a long time. In reality, the longer you wait before taking action, the less courageous you feel. The only thing that will help you feel more courageous is taking action, stepping outside your comfort zone and sending yourself the message that you're a courageous person. You know, life is in constant change. The situation is not going to be perfect. And as much as you can plan for it, it's never going to be that. Because the minute that you achieve or get somewhere where you thought it was going to be the perfect scenario, then something else will change and will make it less so. So if you're waiting for that moment to start doing something else, as you said, you will never get there. For example, me and my partner, we knew that we wanted to have children. And we were like, you know what? Let's start trying because it's never going to be the perfect scenario. Ideally, yes, we would have wanted to have a bigger house and more income and more financial security here and there. But the truth was, you know, that was not granted. And if we waited for that, we may have never had any of our children. So sometimes you just need to take the leap of faith, take the action and trust that situation is going to be as better as it could be, or you'll make it as best as best as it could be. And that reminds me of uh, Gay Hendricks' book, Take the Leap. Because when we hit our upper limits, we're always going to feel lots of fear, but you do need to take that leap. So the last point, number eight, nobody wants you to fail. Everyone wants you to win. If you get a swimming instructor, for example, they'll have no desire to drown you or, hu- or humiliate you. <laughs> But they will take on the challenge of teaching you and helping you to overcome your fear. In the case of public speaking, put yourself in the shoes of your audience and ask, how would you feel if someone standing in front of you was a nervous presenter? Would you wish them well or judge them negatively? Would you like to help them and make it easier for them? You'll be surprised what you discover when you really think about this. There are lots of good people in the world who want to help you. So thank you for joining us today. Please share with anyone you think will find this podcast useful. We really appreciate it, as that's the only way we can keep giving this free content. If you're not subscribed, do subscribe on iTunes, as then it will alert you of the next episode. Keep being courageous, and we'll be back with more tips and tools next week. Sending you lots of positive energy, love and happiness. Have a great week, and bye for now.